Mr. Stephen Allen's SomeNews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Some News podcast number 37. Yes, there's been another little gap. Sorry about that. I've been working on a little video project, so keep him peeled for that. You'll be able to watch my videos online soon. No, no, they're not offensive. If I've learned anything by reading the news, it's that you don't put video content online that will cause upset and be called offensive to those of the Islamic faith. No, not the BBC sitcom Citizen Khan. What? Citizen Khan isn't a spin-off of the show Star Trek, you know. Oh. Anyway, no, my online videos will be nothing like the innocence of Muslims. But I'll say this. If you see something you don't like on the web, don't have a riot... Click the I dislike this button. They put a button under the video specifically so you don't have to burn down embassies. It's owned by Google. They think of everything. Anyway, in this edition, a famous man does bad things. We talk porn addiction and we have a moan about your job. Everyone loves a moan about their job. Right, let's crack on. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast. The main news. Today, we start with the news of a man who did bad things for years. Some people found out what he was doing, but they couldn't say anything because of his fame and his charitable foundation. Oh, by the way, I mean Lance Armstrong, not Jimmy Savile. Although there's a lot of it about at the moment. If Voldemort had a charity, those books would have been a lot different. But, I mean, I wouldn't do a section on on Jimmy Savile in this podcast. It's, It's a serious topic. I never wrote a letter to him, but I'm very glad I didn't now. It makes you think, doesn't it? Those Cub Scouts on that roller coaster, and I thought it was milkshake in their face. But we're talking about Lance Armstrong, the one-time, seven-time winner of the Tour de France. But he's had those titles taken from him and because uh, he was found to be a drugs cheat. And not only that, he was said to be the pinnacle in running one of the largest-scale doping scams of all time. I'm not surprised. I always knew he was peddling something. They've taken his seven titles away, and they've asked him to repay £2.4 million in prize money. All we need now is for Cheryl Crow to say she faked every orgasm, and that's him done. I say they should Photoshop the pictures from the Tour de France and change the colour of his jersey to pink. He's even changed his Twitter biography so it no longer mentions the Tour de France. It now says, uh, swim, bike, run, and golf whenever I can. And for biking, that's not very often, because they've given you a lifetime ban. You see, you could have left that on there, though. You can say whatever you want in a, in a Twitter biography. You know, you can make it up. My Twitter biography says, handsome comedian who doesn't think we should cover up info about Jimmy Savile. These are my opinions and clearly not those of the BBC. You just say what you want in there, can't you? Uh, the UCI backed the decision to strip the titles from Armstrong. When I heard that, I was shocked because I thought the UCI was a cinema or something like that. But let's take a minute to get some perspective on this, right? Lance Armstrong was a drugs cheat at the game of riding a bike, and he helped thousands of people who have suffered from cancer. Now, I've never been affected by the serious issue of riding a bike, but I can't help thinking the cancer one might kind of count more. I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying we should calm down and maybe take a step back and get some perspective. I mean, it is right that he's lost the titles and the money and the sponsorship. Although, I think the sponsors didn't really help his drug use. One of his sponsors had the motto, just do it. In fact, the advert that he made for Nike, I think that's the worst part of it. Because he said, This is my body. And I can do whatever I want to it. Yeah, sure you can, if you don't want all those medals hanging around anymore. He also said... Everybody wants to know what I'm on. What am I on? I'm on my bike, busting my ass six hours a day. That bit I don't like. He's laughing in our face, making a joke about taking performance-enhancing drugs. When he knew that he was on them, the audacity. Ugh. 
That guy must have some big ball. It's also likely that he wasn't the only one doing it, apparently. That makes sense as well. Other cyclists have shown signs of roid rage. Why else would Andrew Mitchell call that policeman a pleb? In case you don't know that story, uh, that's the former Tory chief whip, Andrew Mitchell, the slightly angrier of the Mitchell brothers. Uh, he was stopped by a policeman from riding his bike through a gate. So Andrew called him a pleb and said, best you learn your f***ing place, you don't run this f***ing government. True, but they were in charge of the gate. If those police officers were trying to push through policy on the NHS, then you don't run this f***ing government would have been a zinger, sir. But they weren't. So, that's yeah, right, he's quit now. No one liked him. He didn't have a charity to hide behind. Anyway, back to Armstrong. The sport of cycling may never recover from this, I'm afraid. To find out more, I'm joined on the line by our sports correspondent. Hello. Uh, yes. Hello, Steve. Did this come as a surprise to you? I'm afraid not, Steve. There had been rumours about Lance Armstrong's drug use for years. Really? Well, what, what did you hear? Well, not only did he use drugs to beat other cyclists to the titles, uh, he also used drugs to beat cancer. So it shows a pattern. Well, that's not really the same. And, I don't really... uh, and Lance isn't the only one to cheat. Uh, the whole sport is riddled with it, Steve. What well, can you say about those other cases? Well, uh, I was doing some research, uh, and while road racing has been rocked by the use of doping, I found far more blatant cheating at the Isle of Man TT race. What was happening? Some of the riders were using engines on their bikes. Well, that's what they... Some of them weren't <laughs> even pretending to pedal. In fact, I didn't see anyone not cheating. It's institutionalised, Steve. But the TT is a motorbike race, so they have motors. Oh. Oh, I see, Steve. Well, even if motors are allowed, I've found cheating in other sports, like Formula One. You do realise motors in Formula One is OK, yeah? Yes, Steve, but they still cheat. How so? Some of those bikes have four wheels, Steve. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. So, Andrew Mitchell wasn't the only government transport problem of late, although it was a good one. Plebgate, I enjoyed that. Did he call the copper a pleb or didn't he? People got really hung up on this issue, but we're not talking about it in this podcast because I don't think it matters. People say it's all about privilege, and if he called him a pleb, it shows a dismissive attitude to those who didn't have a privileged education. But come on, if he didn't actually say the word pleb... Do you think that means that posh people consider the rest of us as their equals? Nah, it's pointless. So, the other transport problem was when George Osborne wanted to sit in the first class section of a train, even though he only had a standard class ticket. A posh boy with a sense of entitlement. Hold the front page. Apparently, his aide said he couldn't possibly sit in the standard class section with all of the normal people. Now, as a normal person, I agree. I would not want to be sat next to George Osborne for a train ride. Some people from the Paralympics might be on the train, start to boo, and I might think they're aiming at me instead of him. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, did I sit in one of your seats? I nearly had some sympathy for him, because I, I did something similar once. Well, I bought a second-class stamp and the letter got there the next day. Oh, the guilt. Uh, but it turns out George was caught pulling the same trick back in May. And they're the times that he's been caught. And as we all know, for every time that you've been caught doing something, there are many more times when you got away with it. And people actually believe you were just taking a long time in the toilet, or whatever we might be talking about. But here's the problem, right? We can't win. If we clamp down on Osborne, and he's forced to always pay for first-class tickets, he'd just pass that through on his expenses. So we pay for it anyway. 
we pay for the train ticket of a millionaire. In the past year, 185 MPs have claimed first-class train tickets on their expenses. So we're paying for the travel costs as they head back to the house that they're renting instead of the one they own, so they can claim the rent on expenses too. Ridiculous. In the most recent case, uh, George Osborne paid to upgrade two tickets to first class, a total that cost him £189.90. If he would have booked those first class tickets in advance, he could have got that down to about £44. And this guy is in charge of the UK's finances. No wonder he's screwed. So, that's how it was resolved. Which is a shame, because uh, I would have rather it went like this. Tickets please. Tickets please. Tick. Oh. I'm sorry, sir, you, uh, you don't have a ticket to sit in first class. My good man, my face is my ticket. Okay, well, I've got to punch it. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. Will Young, singer, talented actor. Well, that nice guy act must take some effort to maintain. And now, porn addict. He's admitted that he became addicted to internet porn. This happened to me once. I couldn't stop looking at naked pictures of women online. And I was pleasuring myself as well. And eventually, I got banned from that cyber cafe. Uh, this topic has been in the news lately because experts are saying that porn addiction is affecting the relationships of many young people. Basically, they think that things they've seen online in porn should actually be happening with their partners. So I'm here to help out with my quick guide to telling the difference between porn and real relationships. Contrary to what you might believe, in real life, when you have sex, there might not be a funky guitar track playing all the way through it. You don't have to start your sexual encounter by pretending to be there to fix the air conditioning. And when you are having sex, you don't have to wear a big moustache. Okay, there's, there's a chance I've not seen any porn in a while. Do they still have people sitting there on wicker chairs looking like they're sat on a Shih Tzu dog? Yeah? Yeah, it's not changed. Oh, and if you date someone from Japan, in real life, their genitals won't be pixelated out. Just so you know. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. A new survey says that Dress Down Friday is the most stressful day of the working week. That is especially true for firemen, sewer workers and beekeepers. Apparently, more than one in ten Brits take a sick day rather than have to work out what to wear. A quarter of workers turn up late after spending too much time picking their outfit. And a fifth have admitted returning home during the day to change the outfit. Really? At a time when unemployment is at an all-time high, people are moaning about having to pick something clean to wear. Not everyone does dress down Friday, of course. It's mainly an office thing. I mean... I'm glad that traffic wardens don't do it, or every Friday you wouldn't know who to trust. And if the cops did a dress down Friday, Andrew Mitchell wouldn't know who to call a pleb. And I suppose women on Babe Station should do a dress Friday, just for a change, you know. Having to pick an outfit, it can't be that bad though, can it? So I asked, what's the worst thing about your job? I asked the question online, and here are some of the answers. It's a harder said, not being able to text, ping or tweet as much as I may want to. They actually expect me to work. Oh, it's just, oh, it's harsh, isn't it? Mr. Page 303, most of my jobs have involved a close relationship with alcohol. This is either good or bad. If you get paid for it, dude, enjoy it. Planet underscore Lesty, I analyse customer satisfaction forms for an energy supplier. Uh, not so much worse thing, more depressing concept. If, if you've got any satisfied customers, uh, then that's quite a miracle. I imagine you sit, all, sit there all day looking at an empty inbox. At Micklemoo says long hours. At Brownie Gian said uh, being in a building with no natural light. Annie Mouse, 1981, being alone, not leaving the flat, speaking to anyone, or even using my voice for up to three days in a row. Hashtag freelance negatives. At Song of the Oss says, my job. 
Well, that's a nice positive mental attitude. At Tracy underscore Leanne, we're not allowed to put cardigans or jackets on the back of our chairs. They are chair Nazis. It's health and safety, my dear. Health and safety. Jupiter underscore Ace says, Some of my colleagues. Uh, I've worked hard through school and uni only to end up with what I assume is a test of my patience. And at Son of Gav said, The fact that I work with the public, they are bastards. That is the kind of customer care that we appreciate in this world. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Your letters. Just time for one of your letters. This one reads, uh, So, Steve, are you going to do some jokes about Megan? Now, this is from James. It was sent to me ages ago, uh, because not only is that story kind of died out now, but, James, you sent me that letter before she was found well and safe. So I get the feeling, it was an email, that that email was kind of done in a, are you going to try and be funny about this serious story, monkey boy? But she was found safe. And I was, like everyone else, I was joining in with the prayers, going, "Please please let her be found safe so that I could do some jokes about it on stage. And my prayers were answered. Yes, the 15-year-old schoolgirl who ran away with a 30-year-old maths teacher. Uh, she was found in France after being there for a week. Apparently, her teacher was trying to walk her home, but he used Apple Maps. So, kind of explains it. It's hard to see why they eloped. I mean, she's 15. She's a 15-year-old schoolgirl. He's a 30-year-old dodgy bloke. they got nothing in common. Well, the only thing they do have in common is both they'll soon be on a register. <laughs> the somenews.co.uk podcast. That's it for another episode. Check somenews.co.uk to find out more. There's a free e-newsletter. You can subscribe via iTunes and follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen. Till next time. Oh, and keep an eye out. I will be tweeting about the video project I've done. Info on that on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen. Till next time. Bye. The Some News Podcast. Get more at somenews.co.uk.